Amen. May our prayer simply be that, whether we rise in the morning, lay our heads down on our pillows at night, feel alone, even come to die, may the Lord give us Himself. He has given us Himself. We're so thankful for Jesus Christ. And that's why we do Vacation Bible School. That's why we gather together on Sunday mornings to tell people about Jesus and to worship Jesus, the one who died for our sins and the one who rose again. That's why we hang monkeys from the chandeliers, as weird as that sounds. We want people to come to know Jesus. In everything that we do, we want people to come to know Him. I really think those, I was going to point to those monkeys on that chandelier, my favorite, but they're, they're not there anymore. That, so those, those monkeys are now my favorite, hanging from the chandelier. But I, I want to call your attention to one of our other Vacation Bible School decorations this morning, and it's this little game over here. It's called Connect Four. How many of you have played Connect Four? Good. How many of you have lost at Connect Four? How many of you have won Connect Four? I play with Stephanie. She beats me every time. It's no fair. All right? Connect Four is a, it's a fun game. If you never played before, I think most of you have just by the show of hands. Uh, one person has one color dots, and the other person has the other color of dots. And what you do is you try to, you take turns and you try to connect four of your colored dots in a row. Vertically, horizontally, diagonally. When you connect four of them in a row, you win. It's just how it works. Connect Four is a pretty fun game. It's also pretty frustrating, especially not only because Stephanie beats me, but my kids have beat me before, all right? And uh, it's just kind of how it works. This morning, I want to talk to you about connecting four dots, but it's not just with the Connect Four game. We're going to connect four spiritual dots in the Scripture. If you have a Bible with you this morning, I want you to open it up to John chapter 5. John chapter 5, and we're going to look at verses 31 through 47. About the fourfold witness. There are four dots, four spiritual dots in this passage that when connected together, point to Jesus Christ as the Son of God. I want you to connect these four witnesses together so that you can believe the truth about Jesus. John chapter 5, verses 31 through 47. And we're going to uh, just read these verses today in four different sections, okay? The first section is in verses 31 to 35, and there's the first spiritual dot, the first witness that points to Jesus and his name was John the Baptist. So here you go. John chapter 5, verse 31. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. You have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I do not receive testimony from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. He was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in His light. This is the first of the four witnesses to tell the truth about Jesus, John the Baptist. Jesus is speaking in all of the verses that we're reading and studying this morning. 
And when Jesus begins talking, he's talking in a response to a challenge from the Jews. Jesus had just basically made himself out to be God by saying, I have the authority to heal on the Sabbath day because I was the one who instituted the Sabbath day and I'm not breaking my own law. I am doing what the Father has sent me to do. The Father is my Father. I am His Son. And when people heard that, they went, who does Jesus think He is? Jesus didn't just think He was the Son of God. He knew He was the Son of God. And people got really upset by that. And so Jesus begins to talk about how He knows He's the Son of God and witnesses that point to Him as the Son of God. In verse 31, he says, listen, if I was just talking about myself, if I just bore witness of myself, then my witness would not be valid. Uh, the New King James translation says my witness would not be true. Um, and we, we probably need to understand that a little bit better. Jesus always spoke the truth, and he always told what was true. So when he says that he's the Son of God, it's not that he's saying something that's not true. He's trying to help people understand that he knew if I'm just saying this about myself, it wouldn't hold any weight, right? If you have to go into a courtroom and provide testimony or provide witness of something and you are only talking about something that you have seen and heard and you are the only witness, the court will take that into consideration, but if there's nothing else to back it up, if there's no one else who testifies of the same truth, then it's basically just your word, right? Jesus' word is good enough. But he says, I know you guys want more than just what I'm saying. I know you want more validation, more evidence, more proof. So let me give it to you. There's another one who witnesses of me. And all of the Jewish people who were in Jerusalem and who were living in Judea knew of this witness. He had become famous and in some ways infamous because he called people out for their sin. It didn't matter if they were just a scribe or a Pharisee or a king like Herod or a common person working in the marketplace. He would call people out for their sin and ask them to repent and be baptized because he was preparing the way for God's Son to come. His name was John the Baptist. He preached in the wilderness. He baptized people as a sign that they were turning away from their sins and turning toward the Lord. And in fact, what's interesting is that these same Jewish people who didn't like what Jesus said were sent to John the Baptist. They sent some of their representatives to John the Baptist. And John the Baptist told them that there was a person coming who was going to be an even greater preacher than him and who wasn't just going to baptize with water, but who was going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John preached about Jesus. John bore witness of this one who was to come. And Jesus said in verse 34, Yet the testimony that I receive is, is not from man. In, in other words, I don't have to know that John is preaching about me in order to know that I'm the Son of God. But you need to listen to what John is preaching. Because John is telling you that one is coming so that you may be saved from your sins. 
Jesus pointed to this witness, not because he needed to know who he was as the Son of God, but because these other people needed to know who he was as the Son of God. I don't receive testimony from man. I'm telling you these things so that you may be saved, Jesus said. Jesus described John the Baptist as a light, a lamp shining in a dark place. And he was shining the spotlight on God's son, Jesus. And when many of the Jews first heard John's preaching, they thought, man, this this is good. This is different. But as he began to shine the light into the darkness of their own sin in their lives, they didn't like it as much. And then when he turned the spotlight onto God's Son, Jesus Christ, the one whom God had sent to be the Savior of the world, they went, wait, 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 wait. This same man that is calling himself the Son of God that we think is blasphemous is the one who's come to save us? And John the Baptist would say yes. That's the first spiritual dot. The first of these four witnesses was John the Baptist. And then Jesus went on to say in verse 36, But I have a greater witness than John's. For the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Not only did Jesus have a preacher in John the Baptist who preached about him, but Jesus also did miraculous works that provided evidence and testimony that he was the Son of God. In fact, all throughout John's gospel, as we read and study, we learn that there are eight miraculous signs that Jesus performs demonstrating that he is indeed the Christ, the anointed one of God. The Son of God come to save the world. The first of those miracles that he performed is back at the beginning of the Gospel of John when he turned water into wine at the wedding feast in Cana. We also see that Jesus made a lame man to walk. He healed a nobleman's sick son. By this point in John's Gospel account, Jesus has performed three bizarre miracles that nobody else could do unless the power of God was resting on them. When Jesus begins to talk about His miracles, He doesn't just want people to be impressed because He can do party tricks. He wants people to see through the miracle to see who He is as God's Son. And that's why the Gospel of John refers to Jesus' miracles with the word sign. S-I-G-N. These miracles are great in and of themselves, but they point to something greater because they point to someone, God's Son, Jesus Christ. That's what signs do. They direct us to see what we need to see. So let's just think about it this way if you want to. Let's say you're driving down the road on the interstate. Maybe you got a, a long car trip, right? And you've been going a few hours and you need to pull over because you need to go to the restroom and you really are going to get hungry and you want something to drink. And off on the side of the interstate, you see this big, tall, black pole. And on top of this black pole, there is just a simple red uh, block at the bottom of it. And there's two golden arches going like this. There's no words printed anywhere. 
What is that a sign for? McDonald's, you know it. Do you go up to that sign and just expect French fries to fall down out of the sign? No. That sign points you in the direction where you need to go. When Jesus performed miracles, he didn't just want people to go, oh, that's cool. He wanted people to realize, wow, there is something different about this man. The miracles Jesus performed pointed to the fact that he himself was the Son of God, God in human flesh. This was the second witness that pointed to Jesus, the second dot that he wanted these people to connect. John preached about him. Jesus performed miracles. And then we see in verses 37 and 38, the third spiritual dot, the third witness that pointed to Jesus. Verse 37 says, And the Father Himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard His voice at any time nor seen His form, but you do not have His word abiding in you because whom He sent, Him you do not believe. And this is where it would have gotten a little difficult for these Jewish people to understand Jesus' teaching. Not only did John the Baptist, a human being, preach about Jesus, not only did Jesus do miraculous works, but the Father in heaven testified that Jesus was His Son. If you remember back at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, John the Baptist not only preached that there was a person coming who was going to save the world, the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. But John the Baptist also baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. And John the Baptist was told by Jesus, you need to do this. Jesus wasn't repenting of his sins. He wasn't getting saved. He had never sinned. He didn't need to repent. He wasn't getting saved. He was the Savior who had came to save the world. But when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, something really strange happened. The heavens were rent in two, were split apart, the gospel account says. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus like a dove would fly down out of the sky. It's just like the Holy Spirit just came down and rested upon Jesus. And there was a voice from heaven, the Father's voice. And some of you remember the story. The father said, this is my beloved son in whom or with whom I am well pleased. Not everybody heard the voice from heaven that day. But a few of Jesus' disciples did. I think John the Baptist did too. We know that Jesus did. The father testified that this is his son. The Jews didn't hear that voice. They didn't want to believe in Jesus. They didn't want to listen to the Father. They lived as rebellious and wayward children. They didn't see the dots lining up and connecting. And that's usually where we get in trouble when we're playing Connect Four, isn't it? You don't pay attention to the fact that the other person's dots are stacking up in a diagonal line. And you're thinking about going over here so that you can connect four and you drop one of your dots into that slot without even seeing that they've got three 
already lining up for the win. These people didn't see who Jesus was as God's Son because they were only concerned about themselves. Jesus said that there's someone greater than you who's come. The Father has testified of Him. I'm the one that the Father has testified of, Jesus was saying. Not only did John the Baptist preach about Jesus, not only did Jesus perform miracles as testimony that He's God's Son, not only did the Father in heaven bear witness of His Son, but Jesus gave us the fourth spiritual dot, the fourth witness that we need to connect in this string to put it all together in verses 39 through 47. And it's the Scriptures, God's Word. Verse 39 says, You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men. But I know you, that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe, you who receive honor from one another, and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? And this is the spiritual dot that would have really stung in the hearts and minds of these Jews who didn't like Jesus. Because it was just inevitable. The truth that he was presenting to them is that He is the Son of God. These four witnesses stack up and line up perfectly to show that He is. And here's the thing about these Jewish people. They knew the Scriptures. They memorized them. They read them. They recited them. They talked about them. They taught them. They said that they wanted to live by them. But the truth is, they couldn't ever live up to them. Because they kept trying to find eternal life in keeping the law legalistically. They kept trying to dot their I's and cross their T's. All the while they wouldn't deal with the sin in their own heart and their own life. The reason God gave the law through His servant Moses was to point out to His people that there is no possible way you can ever be good enough to earn eternal life or forgiveness of your sins or be deserving of my love. And when you finally see that, you're going to realize that I love you not because you're great, but because I'm great. And you're going to realize that you're not going to get and receive spiritual eternal life because you deserve it, but because I'm going to freely give it to you. And you're not going to earn forgiveness of your sins by doing enough good to erase your bad, but only through the sacrificial substitute that I'm going to send 
who is going to erase your sins when he sheds his blood for you. These Jews knew the scriptures, but they did not know God's Son. They had missed it. They weren't connecting the dots. In fact, when Jesus says, hey, listen, it's not me that's going to say you're wrong. It's Moses, the one who gave you this law, that's going to tell you you're wrong. They didn't want to hear it. They probably hated to hear it. In fact, I think it was worse than when I'm playing Connect Four with Mo or Branch and they drop that fourth dot together and I go, you've got to be kidding me. When Jesus presented them with the truth that the Scriptures show that He is the Son of God, it was just like, what can we say to that? There was really nothing that they could say. Jesus is the Son of God. There are four witnesses that tell the truth about Jesus. The truth is, He is God's Son. There's no way around it. He's the Christ that God sent to save us from our sins. And this is the same reality that we have to deal with in our day and time too. Listen to me. Every single one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we need a Savior. And the only one who can save us from our sins is God's Son, Jesus Christ. The one who died on the cross for our sins in our place to forgive us of our sins. The one who was buried in a tomb and the one who three days later rose from the dead. Claiming victory over sin and death and hell. So that we don't have to live in sin. So that we don't have to die in our own iniquity. And so that we don't have to spend eternity separated from God in hell. When you connect these dots together, they point to Jesus Christ. John the Baptist preached about Him. Jesus' miracles testified of Him. The Father even said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And the written Word of God points to the fact that Jesus Christ is the living Word of God. The great I Am, the one who came to save us from our sins. There's something interesting about the game Connect Four. Um, You can try to do this on your own sometime. It may take you a little while. Usually the the game board is set up uh, with, with seven columns and then with six rows. If you play the game Connect Four the right way and you're the one who starts, if you drop your first dot in the very middle of that board and you play... Defending yourself from the opponent, you know, you don't just give the game away. You are guaranteed to win. Did you know that? Now you guys know how to beat your kids and your grandkids. You're guaranteed to win. But if you mess up, the other person has the the opportunity to come in and and take the game away from you. Hey, listen, listen to me. We've messed up. We are sinners. We've fallen short of God's glory. There is no way around it at this point. It's inevitable. 
Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the Christ that God sent. He's the Son of God in human flesh. The one who came to save us. Even though we messed up, Jesus still wins. And here's, here's the thing, guys. When Jesus dropped these four dots together so that they connected, He's trying to show people, I'm the only one who can save you. There are some of you who are here this morning, and man, you've been playing this spiritual game with God for a long time. You've been trying to figure out some way to, how to beat Him at His own game. You think if you show up to church services long enough and often enough that you'll end up being a good person. You can get to heaven on your own. It's not how it works. You're not going to win that one. I'm not talking about playing games with you. I'm talking about reality. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to the Father than through Him. So if you're here this morning, I want to ask you this question. Have you believed the truth about Jesus Christ? Do you really believe that He's God's Son? The one whom God sent to save us from our sins. It lines up to show us that He is. That's really the only conclusion that we can come to. You know, in the game Connect Four, whether you like it or not, when four dots get strung together, whoever strings the dots together wins, right? These dots are strung together. Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's the Savior of the world. Is He your Savior? I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. As a praise team comes this morning to lead us in a song of invitation, I want to invite you to respond to God today as He spoke into your heart. Maybe you've heard a lot about Jesus, but you've just never connected all the dots. You've just never put everything together. To realize who Jesus really is. You've never placed your faith and your trust in Him. It's time today to stop playing the religious game. And just surrender to Jesus. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And if you'll believe in your heart that God raised His Son from the dead. That you'll be saved. you've never been saved, if you've never trusted in Jesus, would you choose to surrender to Him today? Hey, listen, maybe you're here this morning and you believed in Jesus some time ago. But for whatever reason, you've been living in such a way that you haven't continued to acknowledge Him as the Son of God. You, you've been trying to, to fight against Him, to beat against Him. You can't win. Maybe you just need to submit your life anew and afresh today to Jesus Christ.
I'll be standing down here in the front if you need to speak with me. This altar's open if you need to come and pray. Perhaps you need to make another decision this morning. Maybe it's time for you to become a member of First Baptist Church. Maybe you want to surrender your life to preach the gospel of Jesus as a pastor or a missionary. You want to point other people to Jesus just like John the Baptist did. Maybe that's how God wants you to respond to Him today. Maybe you just need to connect all those dots in your life to realize, God, you are calling me to do this. As God calls you today, would you respond to Him? Father God, we pray now that you would continue to move and work in the hearts and lives of people. God, we pray that each and every one of us would know that Jesus is the Son of God and that we believe the truth about Him. It's in His name that we pray. Amen.